Today in Flex in the City, we talk to Alan Chalmers, former publisher, Funds Europe magazine. He entertains six leaders from financial services for dinner. Who are they? All that happening right now in Flex and the City. Hello, everybody. This is Rachel Trees for Flex and the City, and I am absolutely thrilled to have a very good friend, somebody who is well known in the financial services industry in Europe, and that is Mr. Alan Chalmers, who is, in fact, the former publisher of Funds Europe, amongst many other things, Alan. Great to have you on. I met you 10, 12 years ago, walking around London with my husband, I believe. Both of us were walking around London. We weren't down and out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pleasure to have you on. So, Alan, for our listeners, you know, people know you, know you very well, one of the kindest people in the industry. I'm sure everybody would love to know a little bit about how you got to be doing what you're doing today. And I know from pre-conversation, you're busier than ever, even even now. So so tell us a little bit about your journey. I trained as a chartered accountant in Edinburgh for 10 years. And that was a great basis for learning about business. I then moved to London, joined an engineering and plantation business, another engineering business, got involved in doing merging and acquisition work and the likes. She's very good because it gives you a very good general business understanding and and also a good view of the world because it was international, which was great. I did stuff in the States and stuff in Indonesia and in Africa. I then got involved in my very early 40s, I think, restructuring a publishing company that had financial issues We restructured it. That got me into publishing, which then included financial publishing, drinks publishing, golf. And I then ultimately, in 2007, bought over Funds Europe uh, with a colleague at the time, Mm -hmm. uh, which was our publication that we'd launched from scratch. So as as ever in life, you start off in one direction and go in lots of other directions. But Uh, All of it fun, all of it interesting, some Um, success, some dismal failure as well. So I was going to say, what did you learn about as a leader leading Funds Europe? I learned a lot, but you learn a lot from other people in the industry as well in the financial services industry. I mean, I've, I, we've had some fantastic uh, people in the industry. I'll I'll give some illustrations. you know, I was always impressed. I've I've seen Eve Perry of Amundi for mm-hmm. over 10 years, nearly 15 years. And I've always been impressed with his his honesty, his openness, and the fact that his principles were embedded in the business. Right. Similarly, I've always been impressed with uh, the likes of Martin Gilbert, who's shown great tenacity. Uh and, and also a lot of wisdom over 40 years of business. But there's also people like Anne Richards, who was a CIO at Aberdeen and is now at Fidelity. Mm. Uh, I think God just endowed her with the most common sense <laughs> in any person I've ever come across. And, and some of the likes of Elizabeth Corley, who is one of the 
classiest managers I've ever come across, but with great perception and fantastic brain power. So you pick up all of their traits and, and help consolidate them. And, and these, these are the people that help drive you forward and drive the industry forward. Absolutely. And, and so financial services as an industry right now, what skills do you think are needed by the leaders in, in the industry? I think the skills are changing mm. in that, if, if I'm being honest, I was the, the old style leader where you stuck on your armour, you got on the horse, you went to the front to the troops and you charged. I think it's much more about communicating, about being able to empathise and understand where the members of your team are coming from so that you can you can put management into context. But I, I also think uh, it's about being truthful and honest with yourself and with your staff. Uh, these days, I don't think leaders have to have all the answers, mm. but they have to have an honest and open relationship with the people that work for them because these days employees have to follow you and it's not just financial incentives that make them follow you these days and particularly as you get into younger people uh, in companies they are wanting more uh, than just financial reward that doesn't mean they don't want financial reward but it's much more of a balanced scenario I would say. And do you think, Alan, because, you know, you've worked in publishing for many, 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 many years, you know, is the industry doing enough to attract new generations to the industry? I don't think it is, if I'm being honest. I mean, the difficulty, you've just got to look at the new financial services industries, such as Revolut and the likes, mm -hmm. uh, where the culture is just completely different to uh, some of the older, more traditional industries. I, I think it's also going to depend upon how people start saving and how younger people relate to money uh, mm -hmm. going forward and the provision for their retirement, their savings, their families. So I, I, I think the industry needs to change to understand younger people, their needs and their wishes, very much so. And I think, I'm going to say something slightly strange, we need to get back to the culture of farming rather than hunting, in mm. that uh, in financial services, somebody explained to me this about Switzerland, that the Swiss are essentially farmers and Financial services has, I think, developed too much of an investment bank outlook, which is much more about hunting, killing and bringing back rather than asset management and wealth management, which is much more about growing, developing and harvesting. And, and, and so I think we've got to get back in financial services to getting that message it's not always about top performers. It's not always about selling out of this and buying this. 
it's about developing, growing, and seeing harvests. And, and that, I think, is where people don't relate to our industry at present, particularly in younger generations. So if you, Alan, were the leader of the whole of the financial services industry and you were asking a really powerful coaching question to those leaders in the industry, what's the question you'd ask them? I think I would ask, how do you get over the message that greed is not always good? It's because I think that's focused Mm. a lot of savers and the likes And and you see this in cryptocurrency at present, where Mm. uh, people are trading because it's fear of missing out, FOMO. And Mm. and in all honesty, we've got away from the basic, which was compounding and compound interest saw things grow over time. And and people don't appreciate time frames now. They want instant results, instant gratification. So... I I think I would ask people to stand back, look in perspective, because when you look at your savings in perspective, you see they've actually grown significantly over time. And that's the message that we need to get over. It's about providing. It's not about quick gains. Sorry if that's a a bit boring, but... No, no, absolutely not. Because because I, you know there was a, um, somebody who came to work for our organisation had a first class honours degree from Glasgow University, and I said, "Aren't you interested in the financial services industry?" Absolutely not, he said. No. Too boring. And no. yet he's busy, busy, busy doing crypto at night. Yeah. So so I think that's the challenge that we're dealing with, isn't it, Alan? So yeah, it, it's. Uh... You know, the the difficulty in some people's views, financial services is bad because it is about quick gain. But it's like dealing at all extremes. Uh, I think extreme is bad, but doing nothing is also bad as well. You know, the the concept, I also think of financial services, not so much in asset management, but general financial services, we've become too credit dependent. We want things now. We will borrow money to get them now. Whereas if you go back generations, you saved up for things to get them. And and so therefore, this instant availability has tended to come into the financial services industry. And, And that takes away that feeling that you need to put money aside for a rainy day. I mean, it it really is interesting in the COVID crisis how uh, it was a a real wake-up call to a lot of families and they started paying down credit card debt and all of these things uh, over the COVID times because all of a sudden when the music slowed down, they realised what was actually eating the income uh, that they were generating. And, and so you, you need to get back to some of that basics about providing for the future. And that also plays into the ESG side about uh, looking after the environment and taking the longer term view, not the short term view. Mm, absolutely. So. 
Alan, you, you, you know, you, you finished working with, with Funds, Funds Europe as the, as the publisher um, now, um, but we just had a chat about your agenda and you're involved in so many things. So, so what's your purpose? What motivates you, Alan? I enjoy encouraging people. I enjoy creativity. I particularly like seeing younger people develop and grow. I mean, I, I've no children and, and so maybe leaving your mark on the earth is through the impression that you can leave on other human beings, you know, that it's, and so therefore I do like to see people encouraged to develop, to try things, you know, with many people that have worked for me, I've encouraged them to develop when they've decided to leave. I, I've, been supportive and encourage them to leave because people need to develop to push barriers to see the world out there you know i i grew up and, and in scotland in the 70s and scotland was relatively poor its greatest export was people quite frankly coming out into the world uh, coming out into England, coming out elsewhere in the world. And I think that was amazing because I'm a child of uh, education for all and coming out to the world and seeing that develop. And, and that, that really, with hindsight, was a golden time, quite frankly. I worked at Deloitte, which then became part of PwC, and there were three partners that I worked for there, Jack Shaw, or Sir John Shaw, as he became, Jeremy Burnett and Scott Veach, and they were very much into encouraging youngsters, seeing them train, developing them. And I probably didn't appreciate the role they had in helping to create me, in helping to encourage me, as long as a host of other people that trained there. And, and it's only with age and hindsight you see the impact they've had. Sadly, they're all dead. Two of them only died last year. And if I'm being honest, I maybe slightly regret I never said thank you for what they did. It was a company. It was all part of developing their company. But it was a great way of encouraging and develop human beings to reach their potential. Absolutely. It's all about encouraging these human beings and education, isn't it? And sleeping at night, Alan, is there anything that prevents you from sleeping at night? <laughs> uh, two things that stop me sleeping at night. Politicians. Mm. Uh, and, and it could be Boris or Keir Stammer or any others and stupid people. Now, you may actually say that, no, politicians are sometimes just a subset of stupid people. But, you know, it's it always amazes me the number of people that don't see the bigger picture in life. And, and that really annoys me. People that cannot see where we're going, people that get stuck in their little bit without seeing the opportunity. I mean, I, I'm lucky I've had lots of opportunities given to me by people with vision that would take a risk. And so, you know, 
I really would like to see more people do that and take a little bit of a risk uh, going forward. And is that what are the words of wisdom you would offer to any you know, maybe young financial services leader? What are the words of wisdom you'd you'd offer them? Years ago, we inter- interviewed Martin Gilbert, and this was just at the time of the financial crisis, two thousand and eight. And Martin, in fairness, had been through a big issue with the split capital trusts issue in 2002 with various inquiries and things like that. And and we asked him, what advice would you give? And he said, when you've got problems in life, just put your head down, come in every day and do the best you can, because that's all that can be asked of you. And we then went through various crises. I myself, business-wise, have been through various crises. And that's probably the best advice that I've received and can offer somebody else, that just do the best you can. That's That's all that anyone can ever ask of you. And if you've done the best you can and you failed, well... There was nothing more to be done. But believe in yourself, do the best you can, put your head down and go forward. Absolutely. And um, Alan, outside of financial services and, and the working world, what is it you love to do? I do know that wine is on that list. I, I, I love wine. I love cooking and I love food. You don't get to be my weight without liking all of these things. I think I enjoy cooking. I enjoy entertaining people. I mean, the thing I get the most pleasure out of is cooking something from scratch for people that I want to be with and and just sharing that experience and and really putting on a a good meal for them because I I find cooking is the opposite of work and it's creative you're doing it and it gives a lot of personal reward and I like sharing things with people and I like interacting with people so that brings all of these things together and if you have a nice glass of wine well that just finishes it off absolutely so I've got two questions for you Alan you've got a dinner party at home yeah you can invite six financial services leaders to that dinner party or six leaders who would they be that's 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 very interesting uh who would i invite well i've got to go back to i like eve perrier i i, I like martin gilbert i like Anne richards and I like Elizabeth Corley. I, I think they're, they're very good. Uh, I also like Massimo Tosato X of Schroeder's mm-hmm. because he's interesting. He's got a vineyard. He grows olive oil and, and all of these things. And I would also invite Todd Rupert, who's the ex-president of T. Rowe Price, and I love Todd because compared to me, Todd's stinking rich. But 
I, I've seen him with people and whoever's with him, be it the driver of his car or be it the doorman of the hotel or be it Massimo Tosato, for the 10 minutes there in front of Todd, that person is the most special person in Todd's life. And I think that's a lovely uh, quality when you're dealing with people because so often we see senior people in the industry, they don't often have airs and graces, but the people around them have enough airs and graces for them normally. And so, you know, I think that dinner party would go with a swing, quite frankly. Although I hate to think what the bill would be like for the wine. That's my well, I was about, That was going to be my second question. What is the wine or champagne you'd serve them? Well, I would probably serve a top-end South African red. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason being, I think value-wise, the quality that you get out of South Africa on some of the top-end wines are just amazing. I mean, yeah, we all know the Bordeaux growths and things like that, and and they're lovely. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm Scottish. I want quality and value. I don't just want (laughs) to throw money at it. Fantastic answer from somebody who used to publish Funds, Funds Europe. Alan Chalmers, I just want to acknowledge you. You are kind, you are encouraging, you are inspiring, and you leave an incredible impression on human beings. Thank you so much for joining us today on Flex in the City. Rachel, thank you. Look in the mirror yourself. Trust me. Thank (laughs) Thank you. You just listened to Flex in the City. Catch us on our next episode.